Hello there, dear listener. This is Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Teen Titan Wasteland. Did I say another episode? Because this is a pretty special episode. How shall I put this? In the immortal words of probably not Patty and Mildred Hill, it turns out, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear podcast I started. Happy birthday to you. Woo, yeah, Teen Titans Wasteland. That's right, Teen Titans Wasteland is one year old. 52 episodes in 52 weeks. Actually, there's at least a few bonus episodes in there, but it has been a year since this podcast started. Wow. Now, the podcast being a year old, it seems like it should probably be ready for solid foods quite a while ago, but I reckon I'm going to keep it on an all-liquid diet. If you catch my drift. Eh, whiskey, I like it. Hooray! Yeah, over the last year, it's been really fun. I've loved doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it in whatever form it takes. But thank you so much for having joined us for this last year or so. It's been terrific. I've gotten some really great feedback, have made some friends, have made a lot of enemies, most notably recently, Patty and Mildred Hill in their estate. But it has been a terrific time and if you'd like to share what you think about the podcast uh positive things please uh, why not drop by the facebook page or send me an email i would love to hear what you think of it and if if you've been enjoying it for the past year uh or post us a review on itunes it would be really nice i always appreciate seeing those and i really love hearing from you guys and if you feel like celebrating our birthday with me i would appreciate that anyway Enough of this self-congratulatory mumbo-jumbo. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of this shit, shall we? And away we go. Today's synopsis rhyme is submitted by friend of the show Rick Hansen. When you hear Tiki-Ork, Mal rocks a space riff. If you like Titan Tales, here's a synopsis. Kind of a slant rhyme there, but I'll take it. Thanks again, Rick. Teen Titans number 48. June 1977. Daddy's Little Crime Fighter. Written by Bob Rosakis. Drotted by Jose Delbo. With inks by Vince Coletta. Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin. Aqualad. Kid Flash. Speedy. Wonder Girl. Mal. And... Duella Dent. The Joker's Daughter. Previously in Teen Titans... A creepy clown lady who looks like Nancy Reagan showed up and wanted to join the team. She called herself the Joker's daughter and dressed like the Joker, so naturally she's the daughter of a certain member of Batman's rogues gallery. Two-Face. For some reason, Speedy didn't trust her. Weird. When a series of crimes started taking place in both Gotham and New York, which are apparently distinct but similar cities, involving, respectively, the theft of collectibles and the theft of counterfeit collectibles, the creepy clown started getting psychic flashes warning her where the crimes would take place. Which was weird because apparently she had never been a psychic before. With considerable difficulty, the Titans managed to capture the crooks. Two trios of colorfully clad idiots with identical appearances but opposite powers. Which is not to say that all six crooks were identical, but rather one crook from each team had an identical counterpart on the other team who... Never mind, really doesn't matter. Joker's daughter got another psychic hunch about a crime, but when she and Robin showed up to investigate, it turned out to be a trap set by Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Two-Face, the Joker's daughter's father, which is what I will be calling him from now on. So, that explains the psychic flashes. Wait, no it doesn't. At all. Joker's daughter's father isn't psychic, neither is Joker's daughter. Also, 
Aqualad got super sick with a potentially fatal dose of hydroasian flu that noted physician Aqualad diagnosed remotely using his undersea proto WebMD. Also, also, when Mal called his sassy girlfriend Karen Beecher, she was sewing something and told Mal that she'd show those titans. What will she show those titans? A new outfit? Will Aqualad recover from his illness? And will we ever learn how Two-Face, the Joker's daughter's father, sent those psychic messages? Stay tuned! Okay, so... Yes, maybe, and nope. Not only is the Joker's daughter's father not psychic, he doesn't even know that the Joker's daughter is his daughter. He thinks she's the Joker's daughter, for some reason. Can't imagine how anybody might get that impression. He seems to have forgotten that he even has a daughter, so Creepy Clown Lady distracts him by reminding him of their shared backstory. Turns out Two-Face had a daughter named Duella, but was pissed that she wasn't twins, and was such a dick about it that his wife left him and raised her by herself. When Duella got older, she resented the shit out of her dad and decided to become the two things he hated most, a crime fighter and the Joker. Sort of. Kinda makes me wish Two-Face really hated lima beans, because that would have been a really interesting costume. Anyway. Two-Face, the Joker's daughter's father, is like, Oh yeah, that's right, I do have a daughter, and I totally love her, and I totally hate her, because I'm conflicted. That's my whole thing. Well, that and apparently being inexplicably psychic and occasionally amnesiac. Anyway, he's tired of making big life decisions based on flipping a coin, so he's got a new plan. He's got some bombs that are going to go off in both New York and Gotham next to the collectibles and forgeries that got stolen last issue. If more of the authentic memorabilia survives the blast, then he's going to be good from now on. And if the forgeries survive, then he's going to be evil. The only downside is the explosions will destroy their respective cities, killing millions of people. So, I'm going to go ahead and give his evil side the advantage on this one. Anyway, during all the exposition, Robin was untying himself from the chairs he and Duella are tied to. Only it turns out that the Joker's daughter's father also glued them to the chairs. Which is both hilarious and pretty cool because it allows Robin and JD to do some still-sitting-in-chairs, Jackie Chan-style, prop-based kung fu stuff. There's about a 50% chance that Harvey would love to stick around and murder his daughter and her costumed pal, but he's on a tight schedule, so he runs off to start the timer on those bombs that he planted. Meanwhile, back at the Titan's secret discotheque headquarters on Long Island, God, I love that phrase, the gang is treating Aqualad's hydro-Asian flu by making him sleep in a tank of distilled water. Gotta be distilled, gotta keep the tank full. Seems simple enough. Don't see how the gang could possibly fuck that one up, right? Right? The Titans get a call from Robin, who fills them in on the Joker's daughter's father's plan, and tells them to split with Mal and Kid Flash heading to the Guggenheim Museum in New York, and Wonder Girl and Speedy going to the Gottenham Museum in Gotham. I like how both places sound like they might mean, do you have any ham in German? The Teen Titans are off to save the day. Only they aren't. Because as soon as they get out the door, the teens are attacked by an awesome sassy black lady flying around in a bee costume. She introduces herself as Bumblebee and uses a bunch of bee-themed gadgets to kick all of the Titans' asses. She fills Mal's shofar with honey, buzzes her way out of Speedy's net, fires a stinger at Wonder Girl out of some kind of launcher on her butt, and then uses a different buzzing vibration to make all of the Titans fall asleep. Sweet. I mean, the different buzzing attacks seem kind of a cop-out, but she more than makes up for that by firing a stinger out of her butt. Who could this mysterious Bumblebee woman be? I almost suspect that it might be Karen, 
the only young black woman who has ever appeared in a Teen Titans comic, who last issue we saw sewing something as she swore that she would show those Titans. But what are the odds of that? Yep, I guess this Bumblebee person could be anyone. Maybe you. Nah, probably not you. While the other Titans are taking a bee-induced nap, Robin heads off to New York to try to foil a bombing. He arrives at the Guggenheim at the same time as Mal and Kid Flash, who I guess must have only fallen asleep for a few seconds. Mal toots out a tiki orc on his magic shofar, which sends the bombs out to the middle of the ocean. Hooray! You know, unless you live in Atlantis or pretty much anywhere on the eastern seaboard, which will no doubt be devastated by radiation and a giant tsunami. But the stolen stamps and coins are safe, so... Hooray! Meanwhile, at Gotham's Gottenham Museum, Joker's daughter meets up with Speedy and Wonder Girl to foil the other bombing. Speedy starts to sass the creepy clown lady, but she sasses him right the fuck back and tells him to shut up. Nice. They find the bomb in the basement and using a combination of bubbles, an exploding arrow, and a magic lasso, send that bomb out to the middle of the ocean as well. Hooray. You know, except the whole inevitable tsunami thing. Oh, and Atlanteans. Hooray! Later, back at the Titan's secret discotheque headquarters, the gang is celebrating a job relatively well done. Joker's daughter decides to change her name to the Harlequin, and she has a new costume. <sighs> Thank God. What a relief, because... Wait, wait a minute. Her new costume still has her wearing creepy clown makeup. Plus, her hair is red now instead of green, which makes her look even more like Nancy Reagan. Only now in a skin-tight bodysuit. Damn it! If she was trying to not creep me the fuck out, the Harlequin is doing a terrible job. Oh, and just when I thought the denouement couldn't get any worse, turns out that chuckle-fuck Speedy forgot to refill Aqualad's tank with distilled water, and now he's dying. Damn it, Speedy! <sighs> Seems like an all-around shitty day to be an Atlantean. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, happy one-year anniversary of this podcast. Thank you very much, likewise. 52 episodes makes a year. 52 weeks of work as a work week year. Yep. Good job, us. I am trying to parse the sentence you just said, and it is hurting my brain. I apologize. None needed. Okay. So, what'd you think? It was nice to have a conclusion to last issue's cliffhanger. Sure. Mostly. Hmm. What the fuck, Speedy? Oh, Speedy. What the fuck, everybody, frankly? Yeah. You're just gonna let Aqualad die? It's like, we didn't know we had to. And Robin, you're not a hell of a lot of help. It's like, well, Aquaman told you, but nobody listened. Yeah, including you. You didn't refill his water either, Robin. Yeah, but... Granted, he was off getting kidnapped most of the time. Yeah, I... It's it's rare that I'm a Robin apologist. Yeah. But it's... But seriously, man, nobody listens to Aquaman. This Bull run, this shit. Seems, this seems to run deep. Yeah. Huh? Uh, run deep? Huh? Wah, wah. Hmm. But, man, I hope that kid's okay. Mm -hmm. Seriously, what the fuck? Yeah, so let's talk about museums. Okay. What's your favorite museum? Is it the Guggenheim? I don't know. It might be the... the I'm suddenly having trouble pronouncing it. Goth Gottenham? Gottenham. Yes. It's in <laughs> Gotham. I think of it as, like, have you gotten ham? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The <laughs> Guggenheim and the Gotten Ham. Yeah. Twin cities. I, well... Twin targets. 
you know what? I appreciate that Two-Face is sticking to a motif, Mm -hmm. and he is sticking to it very hard. You know what is not really brought up at any point or explained from the last issue? Narrow it down. (laughs) Fair enough. ESP. Forgot all about it. Just, I guess he just has us ESP powers whenever he needs to use them. Or, uh, the, the jokesy. No, because he was specifically sending her those thoughts to mislead her. Because she had never had ESP before. And he didn't know that she was his daughter, so it's not like it was like he was making use of a special paternal connection. It was just, there was, he can send ESP at specific people if he wants to. Okay. We also don't learn anything about where the sets of twins that have complementary but opposite powers came from. Mm -mm. I guess just hired them. Out of some kind of, like, a temp service? Craigslist. Craigslist, oh. Proto Craigslist. They totally seem like Craigslist supervillains. <laughs> Best Dude, of Craigslist, are there, maybe. Are there Craigslist supervillains? I've not dabbled. Do you need to hire any supervillains for any reason? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. God damn it, I don't either, but I want to hire some temp supervillains. Mm. I, I want to see what Craigslist has to offer. Right, man. Well... It's only one way to find out. Yeah, well, what, what would you hire them to do? Just, like, move some furniture? Well, like, do it real evil? Oh, uh, no. I'm worried that when I say mm. I want bad guys, they would think I just want them to do a bad job and not a specifically evil job. Uh, ah. Yeah. That's the problem with bad as being a synonym for evil. Is mm. it? I feel like I would just get incompetence, which maybe is the problem that Two-Face ran up against. Well, I don't know. They acquitted themselves pretty well on the last issue. Considering, I suppose. Mm-hmm. At first, at least. Mm-hmm. At least half of them. Yeah. The fire. The, the fire slash getting bigger half yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the no explanation of ESP bothered me. What do you think of Duella Dent's new Harlequin persona slash costume? It's, you know, good for me to have the backstory, the the origin, as it were, of the Harlequin character. Is this her first? No, uh, this is not the Harlequin character. That's Harley Quinn. Oh, I was confusing them. Harley Quinn. This is the Harlequin. I thought this was like a proto-Harley Quinn. Nope. I mean, it kind of is thematically, but Mm. they're different characters. They have different origins. They have different, slightly different names. Well, in that case, man, this... is being freaked out by clown shit a new thing, or has... I don't know. It, it's become such a stereotype do you that think it almost bothers me. I was talking about this the other day, and do you think it, that it has to do with the specific uh, generation of kids that, like, accidentally watched the televised version of Stephen King's It? <laughs> it might. Um, it's mostly people my age. I mean, I there's like that. There's the also... It's, it's right in the same age group. There's also the John Wayne Gacy for actual serial killer who was a clown. Yeah. I think the the combination of those two things has certainly made it more pronounced. They did overlap. Like but it has become thought. such a stereotype of a fear. Mm-hmm. Like when it came up in the movie uh, Zombieland, mm-hmm. it, I, I was like, that's lazy writing. Like giving a character a clown phobia because like that having a clown phobia is kind of the default setting. But the days. weird thing you is, assume I, people I, have them. I I genuinely do find clowns creepy, and when I talk to people that are ten to you know fifteen years younger than me, they just don't really have that. Yeah, by which I mean th- these two people that I was talking to like within the last week about right. this topic. Man, okay, so 
being afraid of specifically that miniseries mm. of it that was on TV that had Harry Anderson from Night Court in it. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. I don't remember um, that. Yeah. As oh. the only two people I remember that were in it were him and, of course, Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown. Right. Terrifying. I have never read that book. My wife is currently rereading that book. She started reading it a few years ago mm. and then lost the copy of it that she was reading. Lost the copy? <laughs> yes, because I did not throw it out because what I did was I was very tired. I was working late nights at the time, so I would come home and she would already be asleep and... I would be like, all right, time to get into bed. And then I would see the cover of that book, which had a picture of a clown with razor teeth in its mouth. And I would be like, okay, guess I'm up for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So what I did was I I made a book cover for it that I insisted she put on the book. And she taped to the outside of it. And then she she finally found the book before he went on a big road trip and she brought it with her and still with the cover and paste place and then the book cover that i made started falling off and we couldn't get it to stick back on so i made her buy a new copy of it that did not have the the scary clown cover because that thing is freaky as hell yeah good call yeah it's terrifying yeah so long story short not thrilled not thrilled that uh the joker's daughter still maintaining a um, a clown motif even though Mm -hmm. she's not like it kind of revealed that she decided to dress up like the Joker's daughter to piss off Two Face because he hates the Joker. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why she's sticking with it. Yep. Like well, it's she's already a clown got the creepy thing. face, and that's hard to change, I guess. Yeah, that's not the problem. Yeah, that wasn't the problem I had with her outfit. It like <laughs> was that she was wearing a purple pinstripe suit. I think that's kind of a cool look, honestly, for a lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been over this. Yeah. It, She's scary still. Mm-hmm. And she's drawn a little bit scarier in this issue than she was in the last one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still creeped out by the Joker's daughter, although she is now calling herself the Harlequin. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the use of the definitive article in a good superhero name. Sure. It's nice. Yeah. I like it when the Batman calls himself the Batman instead mm-hmm. of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Two-Face? Uh, well, you know, the usual stuff, like jerk. Sure. Good dialogue. Yeah. I I kind of like him. I think he's well presented in this issue. Even, like, such attention to detail in his duality of evilness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the bombs are d- little double bombs. Yeah, no, he really, from. he has a, a theme and he's sticking to it. I think, obviously, I disapprove of his plan to kill millions of people with bombs. Um, to decide to if, decide he if to he's good. going to be good or bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty... I mean, obviously. The trap that I got sucked into is I see an insane person making a plan and I try to point out the logical flaws in it going with the premise that they have. I'm like, okay, if I was insane, I wouldn't do it this way because that doesn't make sense given the insane premise. And understanding... Like, the the example I always come up with is, like, the son of Sam. The devil talks to him through his dog, tells him to kill people. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction is, okay, granted, if that's happening to me, I am insane. Mm-hmm. But if the devil tells me to do something, I don't want to do that thing. I don't believe that the devil has my best interests at heart. Mm. Here's the problem about crazy people. Mm. They're crazy. In a nutshell. Yeah. Mm. So I can apply that logic to it, but they're trying to fucking solve physics problems using dream logic yep and it doesn't work that way 
I was thinking you were going to say, my dog would never say that. Well, that's true. Finley's a good dog. Mm. He, he would not. He would bark like a crazy dog. <laughs> and he would lick my face a lot. And I love him very much. And he's a great dog. And he would never tell me to kill people. But if I did believe that he was telling me to kill people and that he was the devil, mm-hmm. I like to think that I would be like, I don't know about that. That's only half the story. But, yeah, the other half of the story is I'm crazy if I think those things already, and so I'm not going to be able to parse that shit logically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, given the problems, the things that he's dealing with, it's not a terrible plan. (laughs) No. It's a terrible plan. You shouldn't blow up people to determine whether you're good or evil, because once you're blowing people up, you're fucking evil. Yeah. So, I think really the decisions made whichever way that thing falls down. Yep. So, Fair we are agreed killing people and blowing them up is evil, right? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Good deal. We're getting some good work done here, Corey. Agreed. We are also a little bit tipsier than generally when we record these because Corey is going to Canada for a few weeks. Uh, and so we are doing two episodes back to back tonight, which means we have already drank the first episode's worth of whiskey when we are starting the second one. So... In advance, apologies. Yep. We did have some popcorn, though. That was good. Yeah. So, really, that will absorb all of the alcohol. It was smart pop, too, so. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think of the new character we meet called Bumblebee? Ah, oh, Bumblebee is awesome. Bumblebee is a fucking delight. I love Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. I like that they left it open. It's like, can you figure out who she might be? Mm-hmm. Well... Maybe she's the only other black character we've ever met in Teen Titans. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I was already introduced to Bumblebee through the series of podcasts. And so I read right. that. And then the DCU Who's Who, I looked her up. But um, given that a great we approach. see her sewing a costume already and saying, I'll show the Titans that anybody can be a Titan. And what a costume. Dude, she did a great job with that costume because that is not just sewing. It is some that powerful is shit. some serious engineering shit. How the the buzzing factor, the, the uh... fucking honey gun, mm-hmm. yeah, the buzzing that can go through nets and also cause a hypnotic hum. Like that is some next level shit. The butt dart, Ugh, the butt dart is the stinger. It's more than a dart. I would say it's like a butt cannon that she's firing. <laughs> yeah, that's a dude. It's a nice. Um, I I love like I love that <laughs> outfit. She looks fucking rad. I love that. And in subsequent refinements of her costume, it no longer has the stinger butt that like I think she shoots stingers out of her wrist. Uh, I like the attention shame. to detail that no bees sting with their butts. Mm-hmm. I'm making a pointy butted costume yep. that I can fire at people if I can twist my whole body around to fire at them. And it was a defense mechanism. She's like, oh, I'm all twisted around. Well, guess what? Yeah, Here's I got this. something for that. Mm-hmm. Bam. Dude, she thought that shit out and she does great. So we talked a little bit about the use of ESP mm-hmm. and that it's not, a, no explanation is given. It's just apparently Two-Face can broadcast ESP at people that he wants to. Yeah. That reminded me of Lilith. Mm-hmm. Sure. I miss Lilith. It also made me realize that Mal's horn is used as a bigger deus ex machina than Lilith's ESP ever was. It's starting to annoy me a little bit. Mm. And the fact that 
I would be fine with it just kind of being able to do whatever if Mal didn't know what it was going to do, but that now he's getting kind of cocky with his use and he's just like, let me toot on it all. It'll teleport us up to the roof. No, you didn't know it was going to make you a sling to even the odds. I feel like it's probably going to use some kind of monkey paw magic shit where it's just like, yeah, I'll even the odds, but it won't be in a way you expect or like. Mm -hmm. I like that idea of it a lot better. It's problematic. Speaking of problematic, Mm. reverse tornado. Uh, Refresh my memory. Uh, Kid Flash uses a reverse tornado to try to suck uh, Bumblebee back to Earth. Oh, yeah. And he calls it a reverse tornado, which, frankly, sounds like a sexual act. Yeah, not a good one. (laughs) You don't want... But also, the fuck is a reverse tornado? It's just a tornado. Upside down. It wasn't upside down. Well, I mean, it would have to be, though, because they pick things up and he wants to bring things down. Yeah, I guess, but it don't they just do whatever way. the fuck they feel like? Tornadoes? Don't they, yeah. Yeah, you don't can't they, tell like, a tornado put some things to do. Down, some things down? Yeah, I used to, uh, I, I, that, that is one of my favorite ways to tell people they can't tell me what to do. Do you say, uh, do you summon a tornado? No, no, no. It's like, you can't, you can't tell me what to do. You can't put a saddle on a tornado. Oh. Yeah. Because it's true, you can't. Mm. And also, don't tell me what to do. I didn't. Yeah, I know. But just for future reference, don't. Okay. Yeah, you'll just lose that saddle. Yeah, exactly. And it'll probably go through a tree somewhere. Like a thing of straw. Yep, like a piece of straw that Mm -hmm. goes through a telephone pole. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a reverse tornado will do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Sorry I put that seed in there with the idea of a reverse tornado. But Kid Flash, come on. Come on. And then later he uses another tornado to try, that I guess is just a conventional tornado to try to stop the bombs. Mm. And it slows Mm -hmm. them down a little bit. And then Mal toots on his horn and it makes them go away. Mm -hmm. Eh. Really, Kid Flash didn't need to do shit. It was really just like, Mal, toot your horn and then whatever will happen. And I guess it makes the bombs just go out to the ocean. To the ocean. And How uh, does that even the odds of a fight? Was he fighting the bombs? I also feel bad for all the fish. Yeah. Like those were ostensibly some pretty big bombs. If they're going to blow up an entire city, they must have been nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's at least a few. You know who else I feel bad for? Fucking Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. Nobody gives that guy any respect. They don't listen to him. His fucking protege is going to die. He's going to die, Corey. And they literally have a hose coming out of the wall with a setting for distilled water. All they had to do was just, like, turn turn it it on. Oh, those kids drive me crazy. I know. But yeah, and then, uh, yeah, let's just send some some nuclear bombs out to the middle of the ocean where they can't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? There are fucking underwater people in this universe. Have a little fucking respect. Isn't that what, what did they do with the other bombs? The ones that were in the basement? The other ocean. They sent them out to the other ocean? I think so. We should actually look at that. <laughs> I, yeah, I answered They that might have just re- made them blow up in the sky, but either way, you're going to have a lot of radiation fallout. No, I answered that reflexively, but I, I think it, it is... Uh, yep, nope, other ocean. Atlantic. Oh, yeah. The first ones went to the Pacific. Here's another thing. How do roller skates help you get down the stairs faster? Or is the entire museum built on a giant spiral? What was that? That was just this weird giant ramp thing. It was like a a parking garage. Mm. Is that the way the Guggenheim is built? I haven't been to the Guggenheim. 
Am I just being ignorant here? Yeah, it's a really roller skate optimized structure. <laughs> I, no, I don't know, man. Uh, that's fucking weird. There's this a... is in the seventies, and roller skates were. Oh, don't you don't have to tell me. I was talking about Skate Man earlier today, as I will often do to anyone who will listen. <laughs> have you ever read Skate Man, Corey? Uh, I haven't, but I have been one of those people who, that I have who talked have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. You guys, seriously, do yourself a favor. Check out Skate Man. It's written by Neil Adams. It is one of the worst comic books ever, and I love it so very, very much. Skate Man. Catch the fever. But there's a lot that happens in this issue that, much like an issue of Skate Man... So, Karen puts everybody to sleep with her crazy buzzing costume. I'm sorry. I did a reveal. We don't know that it's Karen yet. I didn't mean that to be a spoiler. I'm pretty sure Bumblebee is Karen. What? I know. God damn it. I feel like a dick. I'm sorry. No, there were... there were. But Bumblebee, whoever she might be... Sure. Okay. Uses her special buzzing wings to make all of the Titans fall asleep. And then, seconds later, they are awake and in New York. Why bother having them fall asleep if it's not going to have any consequence? I don't understand. It was like Rosakis forgot that that had happened. He's like, oh, I need to have a fight with Karen put in here somewhere. I mean, with Bumblebee. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. I don't Jeez. know why. Uh, I need to have a fight with Bumblebee put in here somewhere. Uh, let's have her delay them on their fight with Two-Face. Okay, but she doesn't actually delay them. Why not have that take place beforehand, before they hear from Robin and Joker's daughter? It, it's just frustrating to me. I don't know. Maybe he's having a the Haney moment where he's like, oh, you know what else is cool about things is like bees, they buzz. and Okay, I would buy that, except for the fact that he set up this to happen a couple of issues ago. So he didn't have the Haney. Like, it doesn't have the spontaneity. He set up that Bumblebee would be in it, but but then he just, like, once she's there, he's like, tail cannon, sleepy wings. <laughs> you know, what, what do we... Right, got? like Bumblebees do. They make people fall asleep. Yeah, with their tail cannons and yeah. sleepy well, okay. wings. No, okay. Or whatever. All the other ones are thematic. Like, the buzzing. Okay, the buzzing. Yeah. Can break nets. No, that doesn't work. Like, okay, you ever she can fly like a bumblebee, be? she can sting like, okay, she can float like a bumblebee, and sting like a bumblebee, and <laughs> has honey like a bumblebee. Honey gun. I like the honey gun a lot. But, what's, what's with the buzzing to get through nets and vibrating wings to make people fall asleep? Bees don't do that. It's weird shit, man. Yeah. She needs to take a page out of Two-Face's playbook. And stick to a theme. She can do whatever she wants. I think she's great. Yeah. <laughs> she, she fires stingers out of her butt. Terrific. Indeed. Terrific. So, what else happens? Well, a couple of things. Speedy gets the phone call from Robin telling him that the Harlequin and he have figured out about the Guggenheim and the Gottenham mm. being the places that Two-Face is going to go and do stuff. Good guesses. Yeah. But when Speedy answers the phone, he's like, what is it, Robin? Do you have another lame joke to tell me? Mm. For the past three issues, that has very much been Robin's thing, mm -hmm. is telling mm -hmm. shitty, like, joke book jokes. Mm -hmm. When the fuck did that start? College. Oh. A lot of people pick up bad habits in college. Mm -hmm. Joke books. Yep. You start smoking, you start hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you're reading joke books. 
like probably picked up a copy of uh world's most tasteless jokes falling and truly tasteless jokes number four <laughs> what's the uh difference between um nope okay nope <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> i know you're a college boy Corey. you picked up some bad habits there but we're not gonna have that what's another word for jello no okay i'm just kidding is there another word for jello i don't know did you just make that up as a premise for a joke and not have a punchline? Uh, no, it has the. Uh, it's it's from that literally the the tasteless Truly jokes tasteless volume, jokes, volume four. Book. Um, what just... what is the punchline? Mm. I don't. I listeners, if you know <laughs> it's, it's gonna what another word for Jello is from Truly Tasteless Jokes Volume Four, please drop us a line at ttwasteland@gmail.com <laughs> for all your contacting us needs. Thank you. Anything else you want to bring up about the issue? Yeah, I like that seated can now be a verb not only to sit, but also to, to hit someone to with hit a chair. Somebody with a chair. I really like that. You just got seated. Pow! They should use that in pro wrestling because people get hit with chairs a, a lot time. in pro wrestling. Yep. I like that a lot too. I liked that whole fight sequence. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we've been over the fact that I do not like the Harlequin's costume. I was starting to warm up to Joker's daughter a little bit. Creepy. Still scared of her. Creepy. New costume, maybe scarier. Still creepy. Yeah. Mm. I don't like it. Yeah. She went more clown than before. At least before she was wearing a suit, which, like I said, it had kind of like a a dandy vibe. Like, it it was kind of nice. It was kind of like the... uh, there's a subgenre of clothing that subgenre of clothing. Corey, <laughs> we in the sartorially speaking section of our. You know what? Uh, we are, and, and okay, your proposed section that you immediately stopped contributing to, called sartorially speaking, mm. the clothing section. What I liked about Duella Dent's outfit before, sure, was that uh, i i think Mod, uh, like a marks. lady i like i think a lady wearing a pinstripe suit is a nice look okay uh, and it is reminiscent of something that i had read a little bit about beforehand and then was delighted when they brought it up on jay and miles uh, explain the x men which is a wonderful podcast you should all listen to mm. uh, the teddy girls and teddy boys look which was popular in the 50s which was the teddy is short for edwardian and it was like young punks and juvenile delinquents Dressing in fancy dandy clothing from Edwardian England. Which is fucking rad. When when was this? This was in the 50s. It was a whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. What a rad way for juvenile delinquents to dress. You know what other juvenile delinquents dress great? Hmm. Mods. Hmm. That's, like, that's where I figured you liked the... Uh, the yeah, no, it's that too. Yeah, it's, it's just fucking delightful. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure the vast majority of these people, terrifying individuals... Sure. Yeah, probably beat the crap out of me for little or no reason. Ugh. But they'd look good doing it. Dang. Mm-hmm. But then she gets rid of that, which was like the one good part about her costume. Keeps the scary clown face. Mm-hmm. Granted, she no longer looks like she has like Alien bones mouth. missing from her jaw from doing too much chewing tobacco. Mm, snake mouth. Yeah, she doesn't have the snake mouth going anymore as much, but then it starts coming back again towards the end. Still got creepy pancake face, though. Yeah, it was creepy pancake face. The, the, the pancake face isn't as creepy to me as the drop jaw. Makeup. That's a disservice yeah. to pancakes everywhere. I mean... Yes, no, pancakes are delicious. Yeah. They're wonderful. You know, a squeeze bottle and you can write words in them backwards. <laughs> 
you know, squeeze butter, fill it with the pancake batter. I, I got And then it. you write letters backwards. <laughs> yes. And then you pour the rest of the pancake over it. When you flip the pancake, it, it has a nice little Man. message for whoever you're giving the pancake you to. You can do anything with that squeeze bottle. Have you seen the shit people are doing these days? Um. <laughs> <laughs> with the pancake? <laughs> anyway. And thus ends our segment, <laughs> sartorially speaking. Well, I don't think well, it's going to have legs, Corey. <laughs> hold on a second. So, generally, I'm a fan of Argyle. Yes. Is Harlequin the name of a pattern that's like a Argyle pattern in that it has those diamond shapes? Or is I that it, think its own? the Harlequin is a callback to the Commedia del... Is a Commedia dell'arte character. Oh, the Italian? The, the Ar- Arlecchino. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm a fancy lad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would like it better if she had adopted a different Commedia dell'arte character. If perhaps she could be known as... Like she adopted the persona of... The emboldened servant. I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't know what that means. It would be a servant, perhaps emboldened by drink, to act above his station. Very ribald, Corey. Very ribald. (laughs) (laughs) Quite, quite. Indeed. Mm. Yes. Uh, No, it's Italian aristocracy. Uh, Hey, a top of drawer. (laughs) I'm trying to eat my... Anyway. (laughs) Accents aren't my strong suit. Oh... That's been established. Yep. Canonical. What was your favorite dialogue? Oh, there was some gems. Okay. Um, what was your favorite? I think my favorite was actually I think it was I think it was Harlequin saying uh, the Harlequin. Yeah. Mister <laughs> Blowhard Bowslinger is just a big bag of wind to cover up for his incompetence and insecurity. Oh, man, that was my favorite too. Oh, really? Yeah. Mr. Blowhard Boeslinger is just a big bag of wind to cover up for his incompetence and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, that sentence, if it were not for the comics code, tiny dick. Oh, that is so heavily implied. And I love Speedy's reaction to that, mm. which is it totally shuts him up. He basically all but says like, yeah, good point. Yeah, whatever, guys. He, he just go. goes like, yeah, but what? Okay, I'll do whatever you say now. Mm-hmm. She, like, negged him good. Yeah. She's been watching that, like, question mark the... What's that guy's name? The pickup artist? The total douchebag with the oh, bad hat? Um, guy that dresses like the Jamiroquois guy who's like, you should tell people they're bad and then they'll do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. I hate that guy. Jerk. Uh, the, the other bit of dialogue was, was more of a question, and it was Speedy saying, uh, will somebody please... Tell me what's coming off. Where does he say that? On page 15. And and it's just like a, you know, like, like he going says it on. to mean like what's going on. Yeah, but I had never heard that before and I didn't know if that was a 60s, uh, 70s thing or a, or what. Gosh, I, I hope so. I've heard like going down or going on or what's happening, but never what's coming off. It's when Joker's daughter is roller skating down the giant spiral parking garage of a museum that they're in and saying she's always wanted to do this which you know good for her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah would someone please tell me what's coming off yeah struck me as odd yeah it is odd and well spotted i have no explanation other than i really hope we are returning to slang being made up and ascribed to teenagers by the author my hope as well excellent what was your favorite panel page 12 right on target is that the butt shot Oh, no, I should have put that. That was a really good one. My favorite is the butt shot. So what was yours? Sorry. 
Page uh, 12, right on target. It's a uh, bombs, dual bombs, uh, shooting. Oh, no. That is really nice. It's really nicely composed. It's the action shot of the rockets firing at the building top, almost like Jack Kirby looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Yeah, my my favorite is, of course, the butt cannon. The butt cannon, <laughs> which enables me to twist around and, quote, fire one, end quote. <laughs> I do have a backup penalty, which is on page four, and I entitled it, uh, Be Seated, Two-Face. That one's good, too. That Just the use of Be Seated. Yeah, man. That's really good. Yeah, good good for him. I do end up feeling a little bit bad for Two-Face. Although it's weird. Like, at the end, for the epilogue, when we find out that Aqualad's going to die because they're fucking idiots. Mm. Did you ever play, I think it was... For the Sega Genesis, possibly the Sega CD, a game called Sea Man that was illustrated by Leonard Nimoy and you grow a baby fish and it has a human face and you have to feed it every day. You're trying to convince me with your eyes that this is a thing. but I swear to God, it's a thing. I might be getting the name wrong, but I don't think I am. I, I, I never played Seaman on the uh, the Sega Genesis. No, that doesn't ring a bell. Well, it was it was like a precursor, or possibly ran at the same time as like the Kirby? the digital pets that were popular, like Tog- Togorashi is a Japanese spice. You're thinking, good to know. You're thinking of the other one. Uh, does look like the Tog- you had to feed it and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck were those called? Tog- I swear to God, it started with a Tog. <laughs> Togachi man Tamaguchi Tamaguchi Sure I think we're just making up. We're just making up Japanese words right now mm. Which is fun Yeah I can see why they did it for so long <laughs> Oh What It's a real language man Yeah but that's how you make a language Is you make up words in it Good point Okay <laughs> Moving on Tamaguchi Yeah the fuck were those things called i don't know but they were everywhere for a while but i think this game was a precursor to them and it's like they had that with aqualad where they they're like leonard nimoy fish yeah they went out of town and didn't water their leonard nimoy fish faced man that's a shame it's bullshit it really is you guys if you're listening if there's one takeaway from this podcast you gotta water your leonard nimoy fish faced man you just gotta or aqualad will die or aqualad will die (laughs) <laughs> I but in the epilogue when that's happening <clears throat> they just why did they they brought two-face back to their lair and, and were like hey uh this look what we caught yeah he well not just look what we caught but like we want to let him say goodbye to his daughter and tell her that he d- wants to reform yeah he's gonna be reformed for today anyway <sighs> hi guys this is hub i'm going through and editing this podcast right now hope you're enjoying it at this point Corey says That guy is so two-faced. He mutters it under his breath, and it's kind of hard to hear. But I think it's important that you know that Corey made that terrible joke. All right, back to the regularly scheduled podcast. That was terrible. Corey, Corey, I want you to go to Canada for two weeks and think about what you did. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, take him to jail. Take him to jail. And also, the Harlequin probably doesn't want to talk to him. He was going to kill her. He mentions that. He flipped a coin and decided not to kill her at one point. His daughter. That is a fucked up dude. No longer sympathetic towards him. Although I do still, much like the Fiddler, appreciate his sticking to a theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well done. Indeed. But also, boo, don't kill your daughter. 
Sure. If there are two takeaways from this podcast, feed your one, fish face. <laughs> feed your fish face Leonard Nimoy. You gotta feed your fish face Leonard Nimoy. To save Aqualad. Or Aqualad will die. And two, don't murder your daughter. Or anyone. Well, we're at it. Well, okay, but that is a good lesson. I don't know if you specifically can learn that from this comic book. Feed the fish, no killing. It's a broad generalization. Who is your favorite Titan? Okay. <laughs> the Harlequin. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm kidding. Ah, God, I am torn. I kind of do want to say she was the best. She defeated her dad. I can't. She creeps me out too much. It's Robin. I had Robin also. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is it because of Be Seated? It's because of Be Seated, but it's also, he was the one who was like, oh, by the way, like, didn't you guys get the Aqualad memo? Like, I told you guys. Yeah, he was the only like, one who listened to Aquaman. That, it could have been worse. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make the case for why, for a lot of people, it probably should be the Harlequin. She still freaks me out, A, because she looks like a clown and I'm scared of clowns, B, because she looks like Nancy Reagan and I'm scared of Nancy Reagan. Also, as a corollary, Nancy Reagan looks like a clown. Nancy Reagan in a clown suit. You son of a bitch. Sorry. I'm never sleeping again. You know that, right? I can't make a book cover for the image <laughs> that you just put in my brain. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I am a... Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say right now. <laughs> Terrifying. Don't do drugs. Stop just, it! Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody send me a picture of Aqualad Aqua on Mr. T's lap. That's the only thing that can get that out of my head. You Nobody's guys, made one for me yet. You guys have to do it now. Please. Please. <laughs> and say no to drugs. I have some of them, but... God, I really don't remember what I was saying. You're really not... The, okay, okay. Here's case, how a, com- case. a case could be made yeah. for the Harlequin. Mm. She does a very good job. She finally takes charge, makes Speedy shut the fuck up, tells him what a dick he's being. Sure. And uses a lot of gimmicks very well. She says those bubble things float up and then they make the roof ex- or with Speedy's help make the roof explode. She gets to roller skate down a garage thing. She helped in the whole be seated thing. She does a pretty good job and I guess she did earn in this issue her entrance into the Teen Titans. I think she is a Teen Titan going forward from this point. Oh. So, good for her. I'm scared of her. Still miss Lilith. I miss Lilith. How uh yeah. Mm. Well, it's worth 10 of the Arlecchino. Oh. Or, as I really wish he had call, been called, Emboldened Servant Lass. Oh. Who was your, your favorite Titan was Robin also? Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty great. Pretty great. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been... <laughs> yeah, and for your patience. Yeah. Thanks for bearing with us. This has been a lot of fun. If you would like to contact us, and please send me a picture of Aqualad sitting on Mr. T's lap. Good times, that. <laughs> you can reach us at ttwasteland at gmail.com for all your contacting us needs. You can also find us on Tumblr, Stitcher, iTunes, Internet, Googles, Tumblr, MySpace? Nope. Okay. Is that still a thing? Close I don't know. Um, Hotmail. Uh, it's also... Angel Fire. Is that a thing? Oh, man. Um, I made a terrible website on Angel Fire. Once. You did? Yeah, it was ugly. What was it for? Just stuff. Like, these are things I like. Was it dragons? There were some dragons. Yeah. yeah. Dragons are pretty cool. Yep. You can leave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars, as we've definitely earned it. Mm. And yeah, we love to hear from you. And so it goes. I get to live another day. <laughs> 
Does he, though? Mm. Does he, though? Tune in next week to find out. And for God's sake, you got to feed your fish face Leonard Nimoy's. Do it. Do it. Bye. And they knew it. Batman and Robin in Birds of a Feather. Stealing the Statue of Liberty? Holy cow! Pigeon Woman will clip your wings. The name's Pigeon Person, Robin. You imitation bird. You'll never stop me. We'll see, you foul-feathered fiend. Today we steal America's last statue. And an America without statues is an America without a past. Ha ha ha! The back computer has plotted Pigeon Person's next plot. She plans to pluck Mount Rushmore. We've got a counter plan, but we'll need your help. You can depend on us. We'll do, Batman. There's Mount Rushmore, a sitting duck just waiting to be taken. Ha ha! No! Not delicious hostess cupcakes. Devil's food cake. Wonderful creamed filling. My birds will do anything for that. That's right. Even betray you. Pigeon person, get ready to have your feathers plucked. Pigeon person, you'll be caged for a long time. Thanks to our planning and your own birds. I can't blame my pigeons for betraying me. Even a bird brain knows that a hostess cupcake in the beak is worth any two statues in the street. You get a big delight in every bite of hostess cupcakes. Oh, man. Dude, a cupcake in the sheets? A statue <laughs> in the streets. I went, oh, Macho Man Savage, my bed. The back computer has plotted pigeon person's text. <laughs> okay, I got this. You got this? I got this. All right. <laughs> you don't got this. Nothing. <laughs> it's not that funny a lot. I don't know why this is happening. The back computer has plotted pigeon person's dicks. <laughs> the back computer has plotted pigeon person's dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so stuck on that part so bad. Dude, alliteration isn't that funny. Hey, dude. I think it's a funny thing. It's just a... <laughs> I'm just laughing. Alright. You ready? I don't know. Do your best. Thanks. <laughs> I got the giggles. So yeah, all. I know. That's I the know. thing. Alright. Yep. The back computer is... Pro-